everyone. Welcome to Magical Streaming, a podcast where we watch Disney Plus and then talk about it. My name is Amber. My name is Marie. And today we're talking about season one of The Mandalorian, the Star Wars live action show that premiered on Disney Plus when it launched. Live action, unlike. Unlike the other Star Wars shows that have previously been put out, which have all been animated. Yep. So the first live action Star Wars show to ever premiere and tv series type thing i said tv show okay to ever premiere and one of the big draws for many people to the disney plus program service now it is possible at this point to stream the entire first season in a binge setting like you find on most shows on other platforms such as netflix but as it came out, it was premiered in a week-to-week basis. So I'm going to jump right in to the history. Season 1 consists of 8 episodes, and the first episode was dropped on the launch, November 12th. And because of the weekly format, the last episode of the season was dropped December 27th, 2019. Now, this show, you want to guess budget. Mm, I mean, obviously it's in the millions. How many millions? So, the budget for all eight episodes was $100 million. Or about $12.5 million an episode. Adds up. And that's in today's money, so... I no don't conversion have to do any converting. Yay. Because, obviously, when she does a conversion, she has to give you down to the cent. But this, this was 100 million that's on the, the line. That's You the know, only... they didn't go one cent over in that budget. <laughs> that is the only information that is out there. Okay? So, when I, and typically when I get information, it's like 12.5 million, it would say. But then when you convert that to today's money... All I'm saying is round it up. Keep going. I will never round it up. So as we were talking about, this is the first live action Star Wars series. And the idea of a live action Star Wars series actually started back in 2009. By 2012, 50 different scripts with ideas had been drafted. And all of them were shut down because it was too expensive. (laughs) In 2014, there started being talk of a Boba Fett live-action series. Wasn't there actually, initially, they were going to make a movie? Yes, and then there started being talk of the live-action TV show, the Man- which ended up becoming The Mandalorian, being based on Boba Fett. So much so, actually, that uh, when Pedro went in for his audition... Um, he thought he was auditioning to play Boba Fett. Mm. So that stuck with it a long time. In fact, they decided pretty late in the game that, no, let's just have it focus on a random, a random Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Well, I, I did see, um, even though John Favreau was like, no, this is not going to be a show about Boba Fett, a lot of people still speculated that 
it was what it was going to be, even after he said it wasn't, because they were like, oh, it might be an element of surprise. Right. And as I said, Pedro, when he went in for the audition, was under the impression that it was for Boba Fett. I mean, you know, that's one thing. On the other hand, Gina Carano believed she would be playing a female Wookiee when she went in for her audition, so... You, you win some, you lose you some. some, I don't know. You lose some. I, I would love to know um, what exactly that casting call said said for her to believe she was going to be playing a Wookiee. Yeah, I don't know. We, we may never find out. If anybody knows, tweet it, Instagram yeah. it, whatever. Let us know. Back to, so, John Favreau, as you mentioned, director, creator, he pitched the idea of The Mandalorian while working on the live-action Lion King, which is a topic for another time, Mm -hmm. um, to Kathleen Kennedy, who is one of the higher-ups at Lucasfilm. And by May 2018, half the scripts had been finished. Then in November 2018, the casting was revealed... Um, after filming started in October 2018. Filming lasted until February 27th, 2019. So decent filming time in Southern California. Now, anybody who's watched the show knows that there looks to be a lot of really exotic locales. Yes, it is. I'm sure you were going to get to this, that they used a virtual set so they sent cameras out to film in places like Iceland and Chile to get these really exotic locales, but keep the actors in Southern California. Yes, this is a technology called stagecraft. And yes. actually, even um, uh, one of the Disney executive was basically fooled by it because they went to visit the set and after doing the visit, they looked at John, and they were like, I thought you weren't going to build anything. <laughs> and he was like, I, I didn't. <laughs> this is all virtual, so... Yeah, that's a really cool... Like, that's not even a technology I was... Aware existed. Aware existed, like, to that... Right. Level. It is very impressive, and... The show has been very um, well-recognized for those effects because it has several nominations for the upcoming 2020 Visual Effects Society Awards. So we'll see how that pans out. I think they deserve to win some awards for the visual effects. Hopefully they do win some. The Mandalorian, people love. You cannot get away from this show and it is so highly reviewed that episodes one through four have about a 90% positive uh, review rate. Episodes five dips down to 75%, six goes down to 80%, but then seven and eight go up to almost 100%. So episodes five and six, I was wondering what happened here because most people probably don't know them by heart. Episode 5 was The Gunslinger. The episode that takes place on Tatooine is rated only around 75% by people. 
people did not like it. I just feel like it's not memorable because you're saying that you're giving like the setting for it, and I still can't really think of the plot point for it. That is when we first meet. I cannot remember his name. I have spoken. Really? No, I, wait. No, we meet him Whoa, I'm, much earlier. I'm we, so sorry. He's like, That's the one with the um, novice bounty hunter. Oh, that wants to take on the yeah. girl. Oh, Mingna Wen. This is Mingna Wen's episode. Yes, this is Mingna Wen's episode. Um, and then I, I guess it's the the pace is a little different in it. There's not as much focus maybe on the child. I don't know. People love the they, child. They want, they want the child we want, everywhere. I would like to see the child. <laughs> yes. So, and episode six is the prisoner. Yeah, I know that. Um, where they go to rescue the uh, the twin brother. Yeah, the Ran. They go to rescue him. Again, I'm, not very heavy on the child. That's maybe... I'm telling you. If the child's not there, we're not rating it high. Although, I really liked that episode. It's good. It's not my favorite. What's your favorite? My favorite is the Sanctuary episode. Ooh, the Sanctuary. Fun facts. Bryce Dallas Howard. I know that directed this episode. I am aware of that. Are you going to say one of my facts? That she directed it? Oh, that's it? Okay. And she's the daughter of the director of Solo? Yes, that I knew. Um, and who he was surprised. Ron Howard. Yes, Ron Howard. Who was surprised by the kind of freedom that she got while she was directing because, you know. Well, okay. We're not talking about Solo right now, but if we were... <laughs> We actually, I haven't seen it. Amber has watched it on a plane. It's good. I I haven't seen it yet. But the thing is, there were definitely too many restrictions put on that movie. And... We can talk about that more when we do Solo. Um, But that just means, I'm not surprised that he would have felt more restricted. Um... Due to some data, there's conflicting reports about how The Mandalorian is ranking. What we do know is that, for the most part, it seems to be more well-received and in more demand than the top four other streaming um, the most watched, most requested of 2019. Can you guess what those four are? Can you guess even one of those four? From Like across the board? Any across streaming, the board. Any streaming service. Stranger Things? No. The Umbrella Academy, which I've watched, I've loved. When They See Us, the short... Uh, the short series about the Central Park uh, 6, the Central Park 5, mm. the Central Park 5, um, Good Omens, the Amazon original with David Tennant, okay. and Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, also okay. on Netflix. That's... However, there is, with The Witcher, which came out toward the end of 2019, there's an article on The Verge, if anybody wants to read it, that breaks down if The Witcher is actually more popular. 
the thing is, because Netflix uses a drop all the episodes at once, there was a huge spike when it dropped. And that spike is higher than any of the spikes from The Mandalorian. From The Mandalorian. But if you add them all up... Disney Plus is only available in about five countries right now. Oh, so true. So when they uh, used it just to focus on the U.S., still, The Witcher goes higher at the beginning than it does than any of the Mandalorian episodes do, but the prolonged interest in The Mandalorian, because of using a weekly format, makes it hard to gauge whether or not it's actually successful. What we do know is this. Disney spent $100 million on this series. Which makes me wonder how much these other series, like, ideas were gonna cost. Oh, the Marvel series, by the way, are looking at about $25 million an episode from reported estimates. So... It's going to be expensive, but I, they're going to imagine it's the most costly. Like the just as an example, the six main cast of Friends towards the end of the series were making one million per episode. So that's six million right there, just in the main cast side. But they didn't have to, to rebuild sets, or that's true. So we don't know. What we do know is this. Disney is going to make back money on The Mandalorian. They're just going to make it back with the child merchandise. That's what I was about to say. So the child, because Disney did not want to spoil much about The Mandalorian, they did not put out a lot of merchandise to start out with. And a lot of people criticize them for that because they're saying Disney missed a huge revenue opportunity, um, especially for Christmas. The Child Plush is only pre-order right now on Shop Disney. I looked at it today because it sold out when it first went into stock. It is on pre-order. You can still only get one per guest. $25 for your Child Plush. I want it. And it is not available until April. You're pre-ordering it back to April. Yeah, I think it's the same with the Funko Pop. It's not going to go be delivered until the spring. And honestly, that's if it gets delivered at all. Like, okay, this is a dig at Funko Pop. But I I pre-ordered, okay, I pre-ordered a couple of years ago, months in advance from Christmas, Funko Pop's special of the Heat Miser and the Snow Miser, for a Christmas present, and, and it was on pre-order arrived. status for like months, and like even after it was supposed to be released, it ne- it just never shipped out. So I hope you all have better luck with your child Funko Pop. That's so all I'm gonna say. My point is, Disney's gonna make that that money back in the merchandise. Just the plush alone, it's twenty five dollars a pop, and everybody wants one. Uh, plus. They've got phone cases that we, when we went to Disney World, we were there 
when they first started dropping some of the merchandise. And they only yeah. had, like, three or four things. Yeah, they didn't have a lot. There they was had a phone case. A phone there was case, a magic band. A magic band. And, and there was a t-shirt, I think. Yes. That was very, like, it was, it was a disappointing t-shirt. Yeah. So, I think they're going to make back... Yeah, I think so. A Is lot it bad, of money. Though? Am I am I really like jaded in terms of money and cost of things? Because you're saying twenty five dollars a pop, and I'm like, oh, twenty five dollars for that plushie? That's so cheap. <laughs> you are super jaded. That's twenty five U S dollars. Yeah. Um. I mean, we know Disney pricing, so I guess yeah, that it, is it's what not it is. out of the norm. Why don't you start telling me some facts that I didn't already tell people? All right, let's go over some facts. Um, so I have some general facts, and then I have some episode-specific facts. Um, let's go to one about, actually, Bryce Dallas Howard, mm-hmm. who, as you mentioned, directed one of the episodes. She directed episode four. Um, when she directed the episode, she had her children with her on set, Ages 6 and 11. And obviously, you know, they got to see everything. They got to see the puppet for the child and so on. But they were not allowed to talk about the child with their of friends. Of course. Um, so, which is something that she was pretty nervous about. Because they saw him and interacted with mm-hmm. him. Um, so when they went back to school, because I guess... I don't know if her. Well, you said it. The, Filming it was probably went all over the way into February, February so, so she might have directed her episode like over the Christmas holiday. Yeah. Um. So you know they would be like, "What are you going to talk about today at school?" And the <laughs> first response would always be "baby" because that's how they referred to him. And <laughs> like, she would have to be like, "You can't talk about this this thing. You cannot." Uh, and now that the show is out, it's very confusing to them <laughs> that now they were allowed to talk about it. Because for, I mean, this would be for Months? nearly a year. Nearly a year. That they were not allowed. Oh and like, goodness. this is a 6 and 11 year old. That is so cute. So I like that. Baby! Um, also, so as you mentioned, this show is currently pretty much the biggest sell for Disney+. Plus. Um, mm-hmm. a big reason where a lot of people join the service itself. Uh, but also, as you said, it's available to a limited number of countries. Yes. So one of the results of that is that this series became the most illegally downloaded production of the year. <laughs> and this is like for the entire 2019 year, which this came out in November. I... I mean, you, if you can't watch it legally, everybody's talking about it. Because the internet is everywhere, worldwide, it does not surprise me that it was going to be illegally downloaded. Yeah, and it does have Spanish dubbing, so like it, it was especially a big thing in Latin America. Mm-hmm. Well, and also because like the representation of, right, of Hispanic Pedro. characters. Yes. Well, Pedro... Uh, more or less because you don't see his face for, like, pretty much the entire series. Uh, spoiler alert! Yeah, well, uh, yes, this whole guys, podcast is a spoiler! If you haven't seen it, stop listening if you don't want spoilers. That's just a fact of life. 
Um, however, I have seen a lot of people cancel their subscription yes. now that the entire season has aired. You know what? What's going to happen? They're going to get it They're again. They're going to resubscribe when... once the second season comes out. And or... then drop it. Yeah, like, it, it's a very reasonably priced streaming platform but the thing is there are so many that you kind of have to make that decision of especially in the, U- the u.s in canada it's yeah, like here you have netflix and you have disney plus there's you could a, do apple i guess and amazon TV, prime amazon prime but uh, you don't nobody gets amazon prime one. for amazon prime tv shows yeah you, i think there's another one but it kind of ties back to cable because uh, oh, it includes game of thrones illico no no that's not that's not a streaming. Uh, anyway, but yeah, there is another one, but I can't think of it right now. But yeah, we can't get Hulu in Canada. Um, what else is there, though, that we can't get? There's not, I don't think there's that. Can we get Apple TV? Now I that I'm saying so. that? I don't know. Anyway, I, I haven't tried. Uh, there's a DC streaming service, which is what Titans That's premieres true. on. There's, yeah, um, there's a lot of, uh, now that you're saying that, yeah, there's a lot of very specific streaming services now. There's HBO Go. There's going to be an NBC one because that's why they're pulling The Office mm. off of uh, Netflix because it's going to be going okay. to the NBC streaming yeah. service. There's HBO Go. There's other things. So Yeah, okay. People make choices. Yeah, and it's understandable. You have to. Obviously, we're sold to Disney. And this was an easy choice for us right. to make, but... Uh, we still have our Netflix subscription. Yeah. And the fact that this... Yeah, we do. Uh, and the fact that this is a fairly short, you know... And again, you have to look at that Venn diagram, you know, of Disney fans, where Disney fans meet Star Wars fan. It's not... It doesn't collide everywhere. So there, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are Star Wars fan don't really care so much for the rest of the content that is on Disney Plus as it stands now um, because they already own all the movies you know okay sure you can see the Star Wars movies on Disney Plus but if you already own them on DVD or Blu-ray that's not going to be a pull you can already watch them whenever you want true so this is a unique content that they weren't well I know where you're going Clone Wars Clone Wars Rebels Uh, yes that is, but like it depends on the fan because some people are more casual fans where they're gonna want to see this series because it's new, but they're not gonna rewatch it. Okay, not everybody has seen like the same episode of a TV show 20 times, Brooklyn Line 9 Halloween episodes. I listen. If we had a separate podcast, it would just be me talking about how much I love Brooklyn Nine Nine. So it, to me, it's not surprising that maybe those more casual Star Wars, not so much Disney fans, who, if they're not interested in the other original content that they're putting out there, if they already have a fairly vast library of Disney, Star Wars, Marvel movies that they enjoy watching, or we, like, to us, re-watching something is kind of just a fact of life. But there's actually a lot of people out there who, for whom a movie is one and done. And I can't understand that mentality. But what if you like that movie? Because I have rewatched so many movies so many times. 
It's actually a big problem of mine. Like, instead of watching something new, I'm gonna go rewatch Annie, or I'm gonna go rewatch Matilda, or The Prince of E. Like, I because it's comforting to me. It is comforting in the same way that the Brooklyn Nine Nine Halloween episodes are comforting to me when I'm having a bad day. Okay, point is, is so. I guess we'll see what happens when season two comes around. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it's... I don't know that it's a large enough... I don't think it's a large enough portion of subscribers that have made that kind of decision. So, um, yeah, that was a bit of tangent hit there. Let's anyway, get back to some facts. Yeah, let's go back to some facts. Um... So, a cute little general fact is... Well, cute. I don't know. You can decide if it's cute or not. I'm going to decide for all the people, so tell me. It's not really cute. Uh, In the first episode, I guess that actually is more of an episode. I misplaced that. You know what? I'll get back to that one. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're a fact teaser. It's cute. Well, it's not really cute. Actually, I'm just not going to talk about it right now. (laughs) Uh, This is first episode, so I'm going to get there quick enough. Um, we didn't really talk so much about the setting of the series itself. We didn't even read the description. That's true. <laughs> I haven't I haven't given you guys a synopsis. Ah. Please give the synopsis. Okay. This is late, but here it is. Season one of The Mandalorian. Uh, the synopsis on Disney Plus goes, After the fall of the Galactic Empire, lawlessness has spread throughout the galaxy. A lone gunfighter makes his way through the outer reaches, earning his keep as a bounty hunter. That's the Mandalorian. That's Mando for us. Yep, that's where that's where it is. This movie has been uh, this movie. This <laughs> this series has actually been described as having a lot of influences from westerns, of course, uh, but also from like seventies and eighties Japanese movies. Interesting overlap there. Yeah, um, actually, that that kind of makes like western. Uh, a bit of Asian culture and space pirates. This is like it's making me think of Firefly now. <laughs> Obviously, not the same plot line at all. But anyway, um, so yeah, so this actually takes place uh, approximately five years after Episode Six. Mm-hmm. Um, so about. 25 some years before episode 7 so between 6 and 7 but much closer to 6 to than six and 7. Seven. And yet um, people don't know about the force but I guess that is one of the things that was very confusing to me throughout it uh, because I guess because the trilogies focus so much on the force and people who know about it that you kind of forget that it's not like when Since Luke the Jedi, hears about yeah. the Force, he's that's not like right. to him. This is folk tales, and he, there's probably a reason why he heard about it. But there's, I'm sure, there's a lot of people still in the universe that have no idea. Right. Actually, I mean, they wiped out the Jedi, so yeah. It's not really yeah. That's where it becomes kind of a myth. Well, yeah. Once you get to Episode Seven, it's like people, you know. Ray is like, oh, it's real. Like to her, this is fairy tales, basically. Um, and then, let's see. Another fact is now, of course, we've mentioned about how um, 
Mando is um, portrayed, quote-unquote, by Pedro Pascal. Yes. And he does have, however, body doubles. Of course. And because it's a character with a mask, he is not always... Like, there are actually episodes in the season that he's not in there at all. He dubs the voice. That makes sense. But, like, I I think episode one, and there's one more episode where he's not actually in the episode at all. It's just his body doubles, and then they just recorded his lines later on. That makes sense. Yeah, it's just weird, because he's the main character, and, like, this isn't an animated series. This is a live-action. I mean, but consider... Darth Vader in the original series. That's true. You've got a point. And actually, a lot of people um, speculated that when, if, or when he removed the mask, it would not actually be Pedro Pascal under there. Well, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's a tie back to the fact that when Vader takes his mask off, it's obviously not the same actor that has voiced him this entire time. Well, it's obviously not James Earl Jones. Yeah, we know. That, well, that's what I'm saying. So maybe that's why people speculated that. Because they were like, oh, is this going to tie back to... Or either that or that, again, he was going to be like horribly disfigured or something like that. Which neither of which are accurate. No. Spoiler. Spoiler. He hot under there. <laughs> All right. So now I have a few um, episode-specific trivia bits tell us uh let's see so starting with chapter one the mandalorian um the (laughs) okay so the the first one which is the one i skipped over earlier when they're looking through some of the carbonite bounties one of them is george lucas (laughs) which i did not notice and i want to watch back and see if i can spot well we're gonna watch it back probably before the second season when we watch the whole first season yeah just kind of get up to date yeah um, also, I don't know if you guys noticed, that is one of the things that I noticed, and I was like, aww. Um, at some point in the episode, you can see a Kowakian monkey lizard over, roasting over a fire, as well yes. as in cages. And this is the same, uh, species as Jabba the Hutt's sidekick in Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah, when I saw that, I was like, well, this is awkward. <laughs> I mean, I don't have, like, particular ties to that creature, but it's just, you know, um, it just kind of comes back to the fact that this is a creature we've seen have some awareness. So, anyway. Uh, And then two facts that kind of tie into each other about something that I find pretty funny. Uh, There are two things in this episode that are based or kind of tie back to the Star Wars Holiday Special. Woo! If you haven't seen it, guys, watch it. Wow. It's wonderful. It's a trip. It is a trip. Um, so those are that the face pulse blaster that Mando uses is based on Boba Fett's rifle mm-hmm. from the special. Uh, and also this is the really... Uh, this. Sorry, I don't... Uh, tripping over myself here um they mention life day which is basically like the central part of the plot from the star wars holiday special wow 
Very yeah. special. Yeah. So I think it's funny that they were like, guys, we're making this new Star Wars series. Uh, we should, you know, throw in a little bit of some Easter, Easter eggs. eggs in there. What should we? What should we do? You know what we should do? <laughs> the Christmas holiday special. Yeah. Yeah, it was not well received. I can, I can you, but can you imagine? Okay, it's the seventies, or at that point, it's the eighties. I I don't know. Um, it's in those years. You just went and you've seen these amazing, innovative, like mind blowing sci fi movies in the theaters, and then they're like, guys, there's gonna be a Christmas special on TV. And then you sit down and watch that whatever it is. <laughs> so I understand some of the emotions, but you should still watch it if you haven't seen because it's, it's you know, sometimes, it's an experience. Sometimes yeah. you watch something because it's an experience. Sometimes you know more something's going to be bad good. and you watch it anyway. Yep. And then it, it's not better than you expected. It's just what it is. Get yourself some friends. Get yourself some wine, uh, a sangria maybe. Sit down like we did with Margaret when we watched the Fifty Shades movies and just talk throughout the entire thing and make jokes about it. Oh and it will be goodness. an enjoyable time. Why would you bring that up? <laughs> the secret shame that Marie has that we watched those movies, but only to make fun of them. Yeah, you were drunk. Anyway. That's... The way to get through the holiday special. <laughs> yeah, get drunk. Um, so, for chapter two, the child. Um, Everyone's he's, favorite. Yeah, oh, he's so cute. Um, the Jawa's eyes on that planet where they where it takes place, which, first of all, actually, this was kind of confirmation that uh, Jawa's are not only specifically found on Tatooine. Mm hmm. Because that's the only place they had been portrayed Be in the past. Before. Um, so this planet, which is Arvala 7, their eyes glow red. Instead whereas, of yellow! Yep, on Tatooine they grow, they glow yellow. So that's, that's curious. I would be wondering if we will see them at some other point on a different planet. Um, I want them to have dazzling green eyes. Yeah. You know, you know, I... They're probably the one thing is they are probably uh the um sand like environment. Yeah, desert. Yeah, species. Um which makes me wonder why we didn't see them on Jakku. Maybe we just didn't see them. Yeah, they didn't spend that, that much mean, time on Jakku. That doesn't mean that they're not there. That's true. Um also in this episode you never see a human face. Ooh. And 60% of the episode is told, wait, not 60%. <laughs> Get your facts straight. Well, maybe, I don't, uh, I'll, this 60% of the episode is told without any dialogue. The first line is spoken 11 minutes into the 32 minutes episode. And so I guess if the rest of the 20 minutes isn't filled with dialogue, Right. Then that could add up to 60%. But basically, at least we can say that 30% from the get-go is silent. silent. It's not silent. And then, well, it's not. But no There's dialogue. Action. Yeah. 
so yeah, and actually, that's not even something that I really noticed I watching either. it. Like, it's not something you know. Sometimes there's nothing really being said, and you pick up on it. I did not. Right. So kudos, they did it well enough that it was not that noticeable. Um, chapter three, the sin. Mm-hmm. Um, on this one where this is the one where Mando leaves with the child and the yeah. Mandalorian yeah. Is like, come in to help him leave he steals uh, the baby yeah uh, and uh, so in this one there is one scene where one of the other Mandalorian Paz Vil- sorry Paz Vizla mm-hmm. um, he flies away with his jetpack And he gives a salute before flying off to Mando in a different direction. Um, That was a weirdly phrased sentence. I realize that. He gives Mando a salute before flying off. There you go. Um, This greatly resembles a scene from The Rocketeer. And The Rocketeer is credited for the design of Boba Fett. Ah. Full circle. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I like when things come full circle. It's nice. Um, chapter four. Yeah, that's that's all I have to say. Uh, chapter four, Sanctuary. Which, you know what I'm noticing is episodes one, two, three, and then five, six, seven. The title all starts with the, mm-hmm. and then episode four and eight do not. That was just a little aside. Fun naming facts. Yeah. So episode four, Sanctuary, which is the episode that Bryce Dallas Howard directed. directed. Um, she actually, if if you've looked at that episode and been like, that ATST man, it's giving me some dinosaur vibes. That was, uh, that's correct. You are correct. She based uh, some of it off of her experiences on Jurassic World because she felt that We'd never really seen an ATST be as scary as the potential it had to be scary. Right. So she wanted to kind of go in, like, to that... Scary. Yeah, basically, like, going into your head and, oh, I'm being chased by a Tyrex. You know? Yeah. She wanted that kind of feel from the ATST. So, yeah, if if you've looked at it and been like, this is dinosaur-like, then good job. You have picked up on what she was putting down. <laughs> Alright, um, tell me tell me a little episode five. Yeah. Uh oh and yeah, this is the other episode, episode four, where Pedro Pascal is not actually in the episode because of prior engagements. Well, happens. Episode so, five. Episode the most five. poorly received episode. Yeah, the gunslinger. Uh this is actually, and you know what's funny is is this is one where you would feel there would be a potential for a lot of nostalgia. Because this is I the one it with does Mos- take place on Tatooine. Yeah, and in this is Mos the one Eisley. with Mos Eisley's Cantina. Yes. So yeah, and um, when of- when we got there, when we were watching it, immediately I was like, "They're on Tatooine." I was immediately excited because it was Tatooine. Yeah. Um. So in actually the Cantina scene. So if you will remember in the original trilogy, I. Remember the original trilogy. Yeah. Um, when they go to the cantina, mm-hmm. droids are banned. So C-3PO yes. and R2-D2 are not allowed to come in 
there is a droid detector in the entrance. This is no longer the case because not only do you see droids on the premises, uh, even some of the bartenders are droids. Are droids. Like some of the ones that used to work for Jabba the Hutt. Droid rights. <laughs> so, yeah, things, you know, things change. Things evolve. Got those droid rights. Um, and then also there is the scene with the bounty hunter who is chasing Mando at the yes. beginning. Um, he wears the same kind of helmet and flight suit as the Resistance pilots in Episode Eight, The Last Jedi. Mm. And although this takes place 25 years prior to The Last Jedi-ish, it's still plausible because you would be like, yeah, obviously the Resistance is going to have taken some of that New Republic surplus to use because they don't have a lot of, you know, resources. Exactly. So yeah, those are, but that's, I think that's nice because you kind of have a touch that goes to the past and you have a touch that goes to the to the future. future. Um, but yes, overall, not a very well-received episode, apparently. Not very memorable to me. I'm sure some people like it. Clearly, otherwise, it would have a much lower ranking. Unless everybody that's seen it has agreed on that exact, like, what was it? 65? 75. 75. Okay, that's not too bad. Lower, but not terrible. Um, next one, Chapter 6, The Prisoner. Ooh. Um, I liked this episode a lot, actually. Yeah, I, I it, it is was... one of my favorite episodes. One of your favorites, huh? I'm I, not there. I like that everybody is, and, you know, Mando's trying to hide the child, and then they're like, what's this, your pet? And he's like, yeah, kind of. And I don't know, I always love a prison break. I love a good prison break. Yeah. It's a trope I can get behind. You know, the thing, too, with um, the child is kind of like... The the entire time, you kind of wait for that moment where someone is going to realize what it is. Like, right. someone is going to know. But nobody, nobody does. Nobody does. But, yeah. Um, so, in this one, this is uh, the one where Mayfeld reveals himself to be an ex-Imperial sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. And then Mando responds by joking that the title doesn't exactly mean much. Yeah. So this is the first, like, in-world confirmation that the wildly known joke that stormtroopers can't shoot is actually also a running gag in-universe. I think, so stormtroopers just get the short end of the stick, because as we see time and time again, even in this series, their armor does nothing. Yeah, no. It's it's pure aesthetic purposes. All aesthetic, and on top of it... You know what? Probably can't see very well out of those helmets. No wonder they can never hit anything. People have compared, like, faces to the helmet. (laughs) Those eye holes are not where your eyes would be, guys. So, yeah, like, it is not surprising that they cannot shoot. Um, uh, there is also, though, the, the idea that the stormtroopers we most know are kind of just like, you know, the first line of defense. They don't need to be good. They just need to be large in numbers. The red shirts to take a Star Trek reference and throw it in here. Why would you do that? You're going to make a lot of people angry. At me. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, so I just, that was, 
nice and it yeah like you said it does come back in the some of the later episodes not only their uniform but the fact that they are terrible shoots um episode sorry chapter seven the reckoning so this is the episode where i'm sure a lot of people are more familiar with this fact because this one has been more widely talked about yes um the production needed extra stormtrooper uniforms as well as people basically um so the director for this episode dave filoni um asked members of the fan costume group of the 501st to participate so they were a lot of like homemade uniforms Mm -hmm. and props used on screen and yeah these people just got to be in in the the, the because they had homemade stormtrooper your it's like uh, your extreme yeah your extreme fandomship has paid off finally And isn't that what we all dream of? Yes. Like, to be... If you're going to be obsessive about something, it would be nice to get a payoff. It would be nice. It'd be so cool. Yeah, just to be like, hey, I get to be in a Star Wars-related TV show. Like, that millions of people all over the world are going to see. Like, obviously, you're not going to know I'm in there, but I am, guys. I know. <laughs> I know it. I remember it. Um... Yeah, and then also this is one of the episodes in which you see Death Troopers return, which were first introduced mm. in Rogue One. Um, yeah. And this is kind of where, like, there is an article, which I haven't yet read yet, but I want to read it, where they kind of go through all of the different levels of Stormtroopers based on their uniform. Yes. Like, the different colors, the different insignias. Yeah. Like, so... In this case, yeah, these are elite stormtroopers. They are surgically augmented, go through advanced training, and wear armor that can baffle sensor systems. So they actually have armor that is worthy of something, um, unlike regular stormtroopers, which, as we've said, doesn't do much to stop anything. Yeah. but yeah, so instead of basically just being first line of defense, they are meant to be unstoppable. So they're the ones that were like, hey, we're gonna, we're actually gonna give you, you know, a little Something bit of nice. worth. Yeah. Yeah. And then chapter eight, Redemption. Redemption, the one where those awful, awful stormtroopers. I know, they punch baby Yoda like... More than once. I know. They deserved it when they were killed. I know. I mean, yeah. (laughs) We're taking a very strong stance on this. (laughs) We are taking a very strong stance. Uh, Yeah, that was so hard to watch. Poor small. I know. And he's stuffed in a bag. He's alone. Oh, God. It's terrible. It's it's a hard moment to get through. so this episode actually marks the first mention slash knowledge that someone has of Jedi's. Yeah. Because again, as we mentioned, the entire time, people whenever are the child uses the Force in any capacity, everyone is just like, "What is going on? What is, what wrong is he with your doing? Baby? Use the magic hands!" Like, you know. Um, 
But yeah, so the armorer is actually the one who talks of the ancient war between the Mandalorians and the Jedi. Yes. So this is, yeah, this is the first time someone actually has... Some knowledge. Yeah, which is, again, interesting because it brings back to the front forefront that the universe that we see in the movies where Jedis are more... Because, basically, they take place within... Firstly, you know, the the prequel that's the Jedi Order is such a big part of it. So obviously people know about the Jedis that you encounter. Right. And then the original series is Return... Well, the four... Yeah. It's because you start off with Obi-Wan, who is a Jedi. Yeah. And then it's... You always have following, that one yes. marker that brings you back to the, to the Jedi. Jedi. But this series does not it's you know the child is an oddity and he's not where he's supposed to be so um this is also so as we mentioned the running gag that uh, stormtroopers cannot shoot uh not only is there a mention of that in in the sixth episode this one puts it on display and that was actually although i hate those two stormtroopers because they hurt my baby. Um, that was one of the funniest moments of the series when they were just like, I'm gonna shoot at that can. And they're like, what, four feet away? Probably more than that. Yeah, a little more. But they are not that far. And still, both of them just keep shooting and cannot hit it. And I loved it. It was a great moment. Um, and then... Finally, this is the first live-action appearance of the Darksaber. Yeah! Which was first seen on the Rebels, I think? I do believe it was Rebels and not Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, A little bit of backstory. Uh, Darksaber, it was created during the rule of the Old Republic... Um, by a character named Tare Vizsla, and he was the first, or she, I'm sorry, I'm not really actually familiar with that character, I don't know if it's he or she. Come they. They. Okay, let's go with they. Uh, they were the first Mandalorian to ever join the Jedi Order, mm. because as we also previously mentioned, there was at some point of war between the Jedi and the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um... And so what we know of the Darksaber is when Tare goes back to basically become the leader, the ruler of Mandalore, he takes, they take, no, oh, okay, it says him, so. Uh, he takes the Darksaber back to the home planet with him, and then the Jedi Order collects it uh, upon his death to be kept in the Jedi Temple. Um it's all, and then it's stolen by right, right. a clan of Mandalorian. But so that makes me wonder: is it actually the dark saber that then this Maybe. guy went on and stole, or is there more than one? Because I love seeing rare colors. Of we'll find sabers. out. Yeah, we'll find out at some point. I'm sure we're gonna see it again. Yeah. Uh, so that concludes the facts. This was more like. We're talking eight episodes, and we're kind of winging it for this one because this is different reviewing a TV series than right. a movie. A, a single the, movie. The, the content is... So, yeah. 
I am going to get into villains. Um, oh, you don't have hot takes? I've just been peppering them throughout. throughout. I've been peppering my hot yeah. takes. My hottest take is this. I would die for Baby Yoda. That's not really a hot take. I think most people would. I... My hot take is I am mad that Kara just stays back. Peaced out? Yeah, I want her to be a... She better, like, something better happen that brings her back to us. Because I love her. I'm sure Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, no, that that was a disappointing moment to me when Mando just leaves with the child by himself. I think it was what's right. Yeah, but it's still disappointing. And like... Um, the saddest moment was when um, the... You're, you're going to talk about the death without knowing the name. Yeah. What is the disrespect that you're bringing up I'm there? full of disrespect right now. Yeah, I don't know his name either. <laughs> I've spoken. Yeah. Oh, that's not actually what I was thinking about. You were thinking, thinking about, about the, droid? the droid sacrificing himself. Yeah, well, he's a droid. <sighs> wow. I know. I just said you, droid rights earlier. You said and droid rights, and what if BB-8 sacrificed himself? Is a perfect, he is a no, droid. BB-8 also. is. Let's. How dare you even put that thought into the universe? I'm just saying. Like, how sad was it? In well, now I can't go into spoilers for. Rise of Skywalker. Anyway. Point is this. Villains. The villain at the end, whose name I'm also forgetting. We're where bad we, at this. Where we thought he was dead. And then he wasn't I knew he wasn't going to be dead. What? Obviously he wasn't going to be dead. But. Like what? Do, do you think he's all like. Yeah, I thought he was going to, I thought they were going to wrap straight it up, up nicely. Be dead, and that's the end of that plot line. And yeah, then season like he's two got a successor. It's just Mandor, Mando trying to get the child back to his family. I would watch that so hard. I would watch just Mando and uh, Baby Yoda traveling the galaxy together. I mean, I would too, but continue. So, uh, what are you ranking him, villain-wise? Well, okay, so we don't really know what his purpose with the child is. Does but it's he want... nefarious, so... Yeah, it's definitely nefarious. <laughs> Does he want to... He probably doesn't want to kill him because they had opportunities where they had him they in were their studying care. studying him. Yeah, so they don't want to kill him, at least not right off the bat. Although, in the very beginning, when Mando is getting um, him... There is that option where, like, for him, it's dead or alive. But the other bounty hunter that's going after him, the instructions were dead. So, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, he doesn't want to kill him specifically, at least not in that moment. Does he want to train him? Because he has a lightsaber, well, dark saber, so he's aware probably of the Force and all those things. He knows he probably has it. Maybe he's seen Yoda and he's like, he looks like him. Um... So yeah, I guess, but just because he's mean to my baby, he's a 10. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give him a 9. Also because wow. he's really mean. Um, yeah, he's just evil. Let's let's hit rewatchability. Oh, we're going to watch it again, obviously. Uh, binge it at some point. 
I like it. I wouldn't necessarily want to watch it every week. Like, when it's not, like, rewatch right. it every week. Um, but, like, definitely yearly. I would think I could probably watch it twice a year. Yeah, easily. Um, and overall ranking, what are you giving? Um, I would give it probably, like, a good 8 out of 10. I'm going 9 out of 10. I really like it. I love no, it. No, it's, it's good. It's great, and I don't um, know why you're being so stingy with your ratings now. <laughs> I don't think I'm being that stingy with my rating. Listen, it's a good show. You wrote uh, Frozen I'm, better than this. I love Frozen. <laughs> Let, I want to see where it's going. I'm definitely going to keep watching. I'm excited for season two when it comes out. Fall 2020. Um, yeah. I love Baby Yoda, which we know he's not actually Baby Yoda. The child. The child. I'm going to call him Baby. Yodito. Yodito. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's not my favorite Star Wars content out there. Fair enough. Fair so, enough. So... Yeah, like, uh, so this was an experience. It was an experience. Um, we're talking about the podcast specifically, not the show. The show is good. It's also an experience. Well, it's also an experience. It's a good one. It's not like the Christmas special. Um, yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, this this was really just kind of us giving this a try, I guess. Yeah, well. Not sure how well it went, but, uh. We'll be doing more the third week. Uh, every, every month. month we'll be doing Disney Plus original content. Uh, we'll see what we do next month. Drop us a line if you have suggestions, if you have ideas. Uh, and as for next week... Oh, next week, yes. Well, I don't know what we're doing next week because I don't think we have a big enough following yet to start doing polls yeah. with listeners' choice. You know what? I'm just going to stick something in a random number generator and whatever pops out, pops out. Yep. So, so it'll be a surprise. Look forward to it. And until next time, enjoy your magical streaming. Bye-bye.